Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We are continuing to discuss 2 Samuel in our morning Bible study. We're happy you're here to join us. Layla, will you pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your Bible studies, Lord, and for the things that you've been showing us, Lord. And we just invite the Holy Spirit in, Lord, to guide us into everything that we need to know, Lord, and just show us things to come, Lord, and just continue to walk with us and help us mature in you, Lord, and the good things that you've set before us, Lord, that we can eat the fruit of the land that you've placed in our lives, Lord, that's good for us. And Lord, I just thank you for everything that you're doing, and I know that you're already here in our midst, Lord, and Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so we are continuing in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start in verse 16. Mm-hmm. So, can I get a volunteer? I, w- I will. All right, Kyla. It says, Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for him. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the men and the women, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself, himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and I will be humble in my own sight. But as far as, but as, but as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Wow. Okay. It's a lot there. I'll hear from you guys first. Okay. What the Holy Spirit reveal? And or after, what questions or comments do you have? Well, everybody flew with me too. Um, actually, first before we go there, what I wanted to talk about is how it says now David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings, but we also I also want to go back and look at Saul's unlawful sacrifice and compare the two. Okay. That is First um, Samuel thirteen. And we'll start verse 9. All right. Are you there, Dad? I am there. And it said, so Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. You can see that they both did the same thing, but in one version, the Lord respected 
respected the offerings, and the other one, there was ulterior motives behind the offering. David was doing that to praise the Lord and to um, being pleasing to the Lord. I'll say it like that, whereas Saul was more so just doing that to try to stir up his troops to go do whatever he wanted them to go do. But also in Saul's case, it was the stuff he had taken from the king that in the land that the Lord said, don't take anything from, kill it all. And he had brought back the livestock and gave it to the Lord. So it was a dirty sacrifice to begin with. I just that was later. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't King Agag. chapter 16 that he no. was supposed to go for a gag. This is 13. He spared a gag in 15. Oh, really? Yes. This is where it's... Um, Right before Jonathan went to go defeat the Philistines, you can see there was obviously ulterior motives because it says the Lord looks at the heart and He knows why we do all these things. There's no hiding our motives. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I just want to share that. That's it. It's an interesting point. Yeah, it is. Also, within that point, um, the section where you read in verse what nine and ten. Oh, you read verse 9. Yeah. But that whole section, um, verses 8 through 10, it is Saul, and it, I'll say his, his own will, mm -hmm. his own desire, which is now intruding into another office. He is the king, in this, or Saul was the king at that point. Mm -hmm. And now he is taking on duties and responsibilities that were set by the Lord for the priesthood. Jesus is both, or the Lord is both king and priest. Right? Yes. And you see that in certain people at certain times throughout the word as, as kind of a, I'll say a, a foreshadowing of Christ. Right? Yes. But that's something special. That's something the Lord did, not something that people can snatch for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Where, what is David doing in this? He's not, he's, he is the king, yes. But even what he's wearing is a linen ephod, not an actual, right? So he, and even in the previous chapter, or the previous portion of this chapter, what is he doing? He's instructing the priests to do what they are responsible for, their job, their reasonable service of worship and ministry before the Lord. Not taking it over, but yes. exhorting, encouraging, admonishing them to do what is a rightful part of their office and the duties and responsibilities that fall within that. Yes. As the Lord commanded. Not take it over, not insert themselves or Saul's self. David's self into the middle of it mm -hmm. but allowing the Lord to be the Lord and to instruct his people it's not ever supposed to be a one man show or one woman show alright yes where is the body and by that I mean the body of Christ if it's just one individual doing everything It's never how the Lord designed for it to, to work, for the body of Christ to work and to function. Right? 
Yes. It's made up of many parts, as we're told. And every part has to function in the fullness of its capacity. Yes. That was a good point, sir. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Then I, I also <coughs> found it interesting that how it said before, Michael, it said she loved David, but then after she saw David celebrating that she despised him. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about that part? And kind of like how... When he wasn't like the king, she loved him. But when he was the king and he was doing stuff, and when he was dancing in front of the Lord, she despised him. Mm -hmm. And kind of like how I. Instead of going, it's before the Lord and. Yes, it's before the Lord, so it's fine. She went, well, he's the king, so he shouldn't be doing this. Hmm. She was just looking at the position. So as though being the king should be more important than our position as servants and children of the Most High God? Yes. Hmm. It's interesting. That was more important to her. Hmm. Well, it's deeper than that, sir. Um, as I understand the custom and tradition of the day, when people would return from journeys for right in victory and celebration and all those things right because there's a procession there's clearly celebrating going on mm-hmm. the woman of the town the city the wherever would come out and have instruments and celebrate and join in the procession as it were right yes. celebrating along with alongside the people that were returning but where is she in this? In her house. Oh. So she's not doing what is the accepted custom or tradition of that time, but is concerned about what someone else is doing. That was a good observation, Promise. Absolutely. I just wanted to bring it out in, in more fullness. Sure. And then, so, the fact that she was in the house instead of outside the house celebrating with her husband. Who also just so happens to be the king. Who is also the king. What does that say about maybe how she feels about him? She we, doesn't love him anymore. We talked about that a, a few chapters back when he brought, he had... Um, Abner bring her? Ab, yeah. And what would it, what will it cost to have her in his household again? Because yes, she was his. He um, betrothed them, betrothed her to himself with the hundred foreskins of the Philistines, and he actually brought two hundred, et cetera, et cetera. And she was something. She was his wife, and at one point she loved him. But you could see so much time had gone by, and I think I, I brought up the question of she now after David was on the run in the wilderness, and he left her there. She didn't get to go on the run with him. But now she's hearing all these words. She's been left behind. Does she still feel the same towards David? Her father's been hunting him. And so clearly they weren't going, he's a nice guy. Let's hunt him down. (laughs) 
they were saying that he was a vile person, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they weren't saying kind things about him. And what was the effect of that on her? Right? Was she still the same woman that adored him when he was cute and muscly and, you know, coming up and every... Yeah, right. He was still, yeah, cute and muscle-bound and good-looking and, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's our hero. Yes. But now she's had time, and then she ha- clearly had a marriage where her husband loved her. And then they took her away and brought her to David. But she's in the house looking out the window versus being outside just by being his wife, celebrating what he's celebrating. Which, yes, not so much celebrating, I'll say. Or praising the Lord. With exactly, that's, that's the bigger the thing. Lord. Praising the Lord, mm-hmm. celebrating I'll say the return of the Lord mm-hmm. in the Ark of the Covenant to the city where mm-hmm. they reside. Yes, that is more accurate, praising the Lord, absolutely. But even still, it was something that he was engaging in, but she was watching him. And it says she despised him in her heart. Was it really about him leaping and dancing? No, no. you don't go from loving someone to hating them like that. You don't go from zero to 90 in three seconds. Sure. It's a buildup. Overnight, absolutely. Over time, exactly. So, so seeds were were planted. Mm-hmm. They were watering, not clearly not good seeds. Yeah, not that I could, I can't understand her position. Like, you know, your husband went on the run and didn't take you with him. Why did he leave her there? But then he went back and got his mom and his dad and his other household. Yeah, they were in a different location, but and he had, and she helped him with other wives. Yeah, and she helped him get away. She helped him and all those things. Why didn't he take her with him? So I I could see that being a starting point of going like, hey, I thought we loved each other. And now she's one of many wives versus being the wife. Yes. Let's also look at another thing here. She's been with David, returned and with David for some years now. Right, because Abner brought her to him while he was in Hebron. And then now he's in Jerusalem. But there was time, right? Yes. We don't know the exact time that it was brought or whether it was, right, he was in Hebron for seven and a half years, right? Yes. Okay. So whether it's half the time or whatever the case is, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But clearly there's been a, a significant period of time, even if it's just one year. That's still time. Time to work those things out. Time to, you know, have those discussions, right? And and come to an understanding and, and be able to forgive and move forward. But clearly, there was unforgiveness. She goes all the way back to her father. That's what she's bringing up. And trying to give credit to her father for establishing David to the place where he's at which is not the case at all. And David sets the record straight, saying, your father didn't establish me. The Lord established him. Mm-hmm. And you see that throughout all of these previous chapters, right? Well, now you have the king of Tyre that's sending cedar and, and materials and, all, and, and laborers to build David a house, a, a palace, place as the king that he can dwell in 
And what's it say? David viewed that as proof that the Lord had established him mm-hmm. as the king. Mm-hmm. It was a sign. It was a, just the Lord proving out his word. Mm-hmm. And David recognized and acknowledged that. And now he's testifying of it here. It's his testimony. No, the Lord established me. But then also setting the record straight of who he's going to serve. Mm-hmm. As this here is a, uh, I'll say, a, an opportunity, as your mother was pointing out, to have division in his household. Is he going to serve this woman, his wife, one of his wives? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to continue to serve the Lord? Is he going to try to please and make this person happy and, and bow down to her every whim? Or is he just going to continue to walk with the Lord and serve him? Mm-hmm. Who's going to have control over David's life? And he makes it very plain here in this moment that it's the Lord. Mm-hmm. says, I will play music before the Lord. I will dance before the Lord even more undignified or mm-hmm. and unashamed, but still out of humility mm-hmm. in front of the Lord here right. and in front of other people. In other words, he was not going to even give anything of what she was saying and trying to control or manipulate or whatever the case was. Any place, exactly. Mm -hmm. Any shame, any guilt through her, um, what's the word? Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Thank you, yes. Mm -hmm. Through her sarcasm or anything else, Mm -hmm. trying to tear him down and, and cut him with her words, right? Verbal abuse or whatever way you want to phrase it. He was giving it no place. He was setting the record straight. This is how it's going to be. I am going to serve the Lord. Which, right, we see that later on with Jesus. He says, you must be, to be my disciple, you must be willing to leave farmlands and homes and wives and children. Right? They mm-hmm. can't be your God. You can't serve them mm-hmm. over the Lord. There's got to be nothing in between the Lord and yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? He says, you'll have no other gods before me. That's in the commandments. Mm-hmm. And when God tells us to serve others, he's, he means serve God. How and directs. out of our service to God, we offer service to others. Out of obedience to God and in understanding and humility to what God is telling us to do, we offer our service to other people. But make no mistake, it's never man-pleasing or putting someone in equal position or above our God. Absolutely not. He's the commander-in-chief. Right. Yes, yes. Right. Even mm-hmm. even Paul, as much education, all those things as he had, and the people that followed him, and all the churches he established on his missionary trips, and and poured into, and and all those things sowed into. He says, "What? Follow me, as I follow Christ. Yeah. Serve him. Right. That's your reasonable service of worship." Right? Yes. It's to the Lord. Not to Paul, not to, to anyone else. Mm-hmm. As long as the Lord is pleased. But what is the Lord pleased with? Our obedience yeah. to whatever he commands or directs or us to do. Mm-hmm. If we're doing that, we will also be pleasing and serving his people. Mm-hmm. He knows our needs. He knows your needs. He knows my needs. Everyone. He knows our needs. So what's better? To have the Lord pleased because he's directed us to go do something and we 
can go do it because we're just intent and focused on listening to him, his voice, and his word, spoken and written, Mm -hmm. in what he's directing us to do, and being diligent to be obedient to everything that he commands us or directs us to do. Is that not going to minister to the needs? Or is Mm -hmm. it going to be out of our flesh? And that we might take care of something on the surface, but the Lord doesn't just take care of surface things. Mm -hmm. He always gets down to the core, spirit, soul, and body. You see that throughout Jesus' entire ministry on earth. Mm -hmm. Everything he said, spoke, or, or did addressed the individual or the group, their spirit, their soul, and their body. Mm-hmm. We are to be like Christ in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Conform to his image. He is our pattern and example. Yeah. So, it's a hard place for mm-hmm. Michael or Michal to be in, but unforgiveness still has no place despising him in her heart meant she listened on grumbling thoughts and ideas right reflected on those kind of words and became embittered on the inside versus letting the lord have the situation i'm sure that was difficult for her being first in one place then snatched from then given somewhere else to another husband and then maybe he had another wife maybe he didn't and now she's dealing with that situation and then she's like probably used to it and clearly the husband cared for her because he wept after her for a long period of time a long journey and then to be placed in another place where now she's back with their first husband there's a lot of wives a lot of children and maybe feeling out of place and she's Saul's daughter and her dad just died not you know like how all that took place I'm sure that was hard for her and you know We are looking at things that we face in life. You know, believers, unbelievers, that just happens to us as humans, right? Comes in the walk and the journey of life and everything is not pretty and tied up in bows and perfect and exactly the way we want it to be or even that would be God's best for us. But life happens. So how could she have dealt with this situation but still was able to find joy in it? Turn it over to the Lord. I don't think it was easy for her one bit. She was probably emotional. Did she have an opportunity to express how she felt? You know, did she feel like she could mourn for her father or think about those things or her now ex-husband that she's returned to her first husband and none of it was by her? Did they ask her, did she want to go? Any of those things that could obviously lead to bitterness, obviously lead to her being upset with David. And it wasn't necessarily, you can clearly tell it wasn't really about him dancing and whirling because this is always who David has been. That's what she liked about him. You know what I mean? He loved God and it was not a secret that he served God and worshipped him through music, song, dance. There wasn't a secret. They knew this about him. That was what made him endearing. But why now does she feel this way? There are going to be circumstances that are hard. Am I saying someone should take you from your husband and give you to someone else? No. But I'm saying in life, there are difficult circumstances. There are obstacles. There are things that we wish were different. But how do you handle them? I can tell you, bitterness is never a solution. 
unforgiveness is not a solution. It's not an answer. Exactly. And bitterness simply derives from unforgiveness. unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Which usually starts with anger. Anger is in there somewhere. And emotions. Not that emotions are bad, but out of control, they create problems. So asking the Lord to help her, heal her, protect her, you know, help her to get through it to see what he has for her. Those are, that's always our option. So, and the option is to move forward in the things the Lord is telling us, revealing to us, mm -hmm. and all those things, right? Mm -hmm. Or not. And the not is, well, we see what happens here, right? I mean, essentially, there's a curse. All right, and the Lord makes that clear throughout the entirety of his word. I've set before you blessing and the curse. And God is not cursing life and death. Anyone, the curse no. is out there. That's part of the sin nature. That's where it, it is found. He exhorts us, encourages us. Choose life that you may live, you and your generations after you. Yeah, and she may not have wanted to be David's wife anymore. She may have been over that, and I can understand that. However, she let that bitterness steal from her. She let it rob joy from her, being in the moment of expressing gratitude to the Most High God for what he's doing. So be watchful. Don't allow roots of bitterness to take root in your heart. Don't allow um, unloving thoughts or behaviors, anger, all of those things that make us up in opposition to what God is doing for us. Don't let those things find a place in you. Uproot them. Don't even let the seed touch the ground. Like, be watchful on those, <clears throat> excuse but, me, on which, that front. Which is exactly what David was doing in this. Mm -hmm. Right? He's met with opposition even from his own spouse, but he's not even giving it a place. Mm -hmm. He's dealing with it instantly <clears throat> and saying, I'm going to serve the Lord. Nothing is going to separate me from serving, from ministering, to the Lord, from worshiping Him, mm -hmm. from celebrating and testifying of the things He's done in my life. Right. So it looks, it sounds as though David decided once this happened that he would no longer, you know, he wasn't going to go and have the relationship with her, physical relationship with her to produce children, et cetera, et cetera, from this point forward. Yes. And. You know, she might have been okay with that. I don't know. But for the time frame, the time period, we talked, we spoke about this um, prior to Bible study, that that was one of the marks of you being a valuable woman is being able to reproduce and more specifically reproduce male children. Or heirs to the throne, as it mm -hmm. were. Or just a lineage, you know, yes. like everybody wasn't a king, clearly, but True. women everywhere, can you reproduce? Can you produce males? Even though we know now it's not up to the woman to decide, you know. Um, yes. But having that joy and privilege of becoming a mother was very important in their society and life. So now that this honor, she doesn't have the opportunity to do, you know, maybe things might have been a little different. I'm not saying everybody has to have children. Some people don't want to have children. But for culture and society. At that time, mm -hmm. that was the, 
I'll, I'll say the culture, and that was yeah, that was, was how things were. Something that was important. So. so. I was just. I think we're, we're going to wrap up, but I want to mm-hmm. only leave by saying this. Ensure there's nothing between you and the Lord mm-hmm. in your life. I want to encourage you, mm-hmm. admonish you to uproot anything in your life that comes between you and the Lord. Right? Mm-hmm. Part of the ordeal with David and his us uh, as, you know, dancing more indignified than this, right? How mm-hmm. essentially she's and his his wife was saying that he uncovered himself, right? That essentially dancing naked before the Lord, if you will. Or right. at least without his kingly robes. Without his kingly robes, without mm-hmm. his, his kingly, I'll say, stance. Persona, stancer. yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, how people perceive that a king should act, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't matter. Nothing should come between us and the Lord. Right? We, just like Adam and Eve, right? Nothing's hidden from the Lord. Mm-hmm. We are to be naked and unashamed before the Lord in His presence. He sees all. Mm-hmm. Okay, We should be open, completely open to Him in every aspect of our lives. So, which if also if you look at Adam and Eve, was part of the reason they sowed fig leaves, because there was something there that they were trying to hide. Mm-hmm. We should be open and unashamed before our God. Mm-hmm. Us being his people. So, I encourage you, remove that thing, whatever it is. If you're not sure, seek the Lord. Let him reveal to you Mm -hmm. if there is anything. Mm -hmm. But when he he does, deal with it. In the moment, don't wait. Mm -hmm. Don't delay. Deal with it. And if you're finding, if you notice that you're finding fault, with your spouse and you're at all with them, ask the Lord to fix that for you. Find out whatever it was that sowed that seed of bitterness that caused them to become despised in, their, in your eyes that's making it hard for you to walk in agreement with them and ask the Lord to fix it. Let God have it. Forgive. And let the Lord mend that relationship as opposed to the people causing it to be severed. Let's wrap up there for today, and um, and we'll return with Chapter 7 tomorrow. All right? Well, we love you. Actually, Mm -hmm. can we get someone to close out in prayer first? Yeah. Man, where was I? (laughs) That's okay. I will. All right, promise. God, I just thank you for giving us the will to move forward and comforting us when... We need comfort. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I also just thank you for telling us what our seed is, getting ready to be planted so that we can go and deal with it and chop down the plant. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we thank love you. you. God bless you. God bless you all. Everybody have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.